Shared experiences create trust. Without shared experiences, you don't know each other. You don't understand each other. You don't see each other's uniqueness in the skills and the talents and the personality. So by creating fun, realistically, what you're doing is creating a shared experience. And I don't care if you're putting Lego together, if you're going bowling, uh, if you're doing, the point is, is you have to be together and you have to create a shared experience. Welcome to the Legacy Roadmap Podcast, your ultimate guide for creating a lasting legacy as an entrepreneur. Whether you're an ambitious entrepreneur or a seasoned business owner, our podcast offers insightful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and experts who have navigated the path of legacy creation. We explore topics that matter to you, personal responsibility, financial growth, leadership, and succession planning. Our goal? To equip you with practical insights and strategies that help you transition from simply running your business to building a legacy. Join us each week as we delve into purposeful discussions aimed at positively impacting future generations. Your journey towards leaving a lasting legacy starts right here, right now. Let's dive in. Does your business serve homeowners? If so, you need to know about HOA.com, the number one referral network for professionals who serve homeowners. And we're looking for quality contractors and home service pros that we can recommend and refer to homeowners in your area. Not only will you get promoted on the HOA.com website, you'll get business from other certified pros and premier pros in your market. These people serve homeowners every day, so we help you build referral partnerships that keep referrals coming to your business for years to come. Go to HOA.com slash pro now and get started. Are you an entrepreneur or business owner? If so, you need to know about the Achieve Systems Business Building Membership. We are one of the best referral-based communities that wants to refer you. We help generate you thousands of leads per year. We also provide you an incredible mentorship program that has won many awards. We don't stop there. We have 60 plus opportunities to take your business to the next level, like authoring and publishing books and many, many more. Go to AchieveSystemsPro.com and get started today. Do you want to make more money in your business? Most business owners focus on building revenue. That's not enough. Building profits is what feeds your family, and almost no business owner understands how to build profit without building revenue. I can show you with near-perfect accuracy the exact business growth strategies that will generate the most revenue for your business in the shortest amount of time, focused on building profit. Learn more at bizlife.coach. In a world of boring leadership and strategy sessions, one man stands alone, connecting the complex strategies into easy-to-understand practical application. Knowledge is great. Tim Kroll is certified with multiple coaching programs and holds a master's in leadership, but it's the experience that allows him to apply the knowledge into wisdom. He was a contestant on Lego Masters Season 2, one of the highest-watched reality shows and this gave him the opportunity to share many of his life experiences, tying together the knowledge of leadership with the wisdom of action. Tim Kroll and Robert chat about Legos and leadership, the power of play and story. Story reveals purpose and can help people make an impact. Tim wants to help people expand their story and pursue impact in applying wisdom to leadership to create a greater future.
Well, Tim, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I'm just looking forward to a great conversation. Appreciate you taking the time. Man, I am too. Uh, you know, in the back room when we just talked, I'm just like, all right, let's go, man. I'm excited. Let's get started. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so Tim, what, what does legacy mean to you? Oh, well, let's jump, jump into the deep end. Why don't we? I mean, like, really? <laughs> I think the, um, the, the main thing of the legacy is, you know, a lot of times people will put it in different perspectives, but you've got a date that you're born and the date that you die. And what is that dash in between? And part of that legacy is just truly understanding what it is that you're going to be remembered for. Uh, and so some of that remembrance comes from your actions. It comes from the teaching. It comes from the life that you've lived and the individuals that you've developed. And at the end of the day, I have it up on my board because this is my motivation is how many people have you impacted today? And so I wake up and I look at that and I say, OK, how many people have I impacted? <clears throat> so whether that means doing a podcast and talking with people you or putting out a piece of content or coaching or consulting or even the serious play stuff that I do, it really comes down to am I leaving an impact and am I changing people's lives? Oh. So good. So let's talk about your own personal journey into obviously now you're, you're coaching and, and using play. What, what's led, what, what, what is the path that led, led you down this entrepreneurial road? You mean the one that I tripped and fell and stumbled over that one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that, that path. Um, so I, I guess, I mean, like starting back, just kind of the whole idea is I like to look at it because I also run a podcast narrative.live and we talk about the false narrative versus the real narrative. What's the true narrative? And so that path really is truly me walking down that exact same path myself and saying, okay, I grew up with this set of beliefs. My parents said I had to go to college in order to be successful. I had to have a job in order to be successful. And I had to follow this social construct of what was quote unquote successful and then came to realization how miserable I was doing the social construct and what was supposed to be the social norm. And so it made me really evaluate, one, what are those beliefs that I developed as a child growing into adulthood? Two, then you look at those beliefs and say, okay, is this a true or a false belief? Or is it a true or a false narrative? And I, I mean, frankly, there's a lot of beliefs that I look at and I say, okay, yes, this is a true narrative. This is healthy. This is something that I need to take with me and apply. But there's also been an equal amount of what I would consider the false narrative that I've had to really adjust my perspective as I walk down this path of being able to say, OK, you don't have to go to college to be successful. You don't have to make a million dollars in a month to be successful. You don't have to you don't have to do all of that stuff, because what it really comes down to is me. My success is how I've crafted my narrative, how I've written the story of my life. Um, if I'm doing that then that is the, that's the path that I want to take. And those are the, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in between there. We can go into depth in any part of it, but that's the, that's the, the winding, tripping, like, oh my goodness, kind of a, a journey that it's been on. Well, and I mean, the true entrepreneurial journey really is um, <laughs> ups and downs of, of, of income fluctuation, ups and downs of your own, the story you're telling yourself about, Oh, I'm really good at this. And the next day you wake up and nothing's there and you're like, oh, I really suck. And <laughs> and trying to figure out what is the truth of, of either one of those narratives. Because there's oh, yeah. the truth in, in, in both both parts of it. Um, for me, I think about some of the financial stories that I was told growing up. And my parents were both successful, hardworking, blue collar Americans and and, and 
you know, my dad was a steel worker making you know, great money. And then in 1983, that first recession and literally started over in another city and making less than half of what he was making before. So we had the same ups and downs. You know, we had this JOB that was supposed to be so good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I, I'll tell you, that's one of the things I, I, I love that you brought that up because I think one of the key elements is it's not always just the words that we're hearing. It's the examples that we're following. And and so looking at the legacy aspect of it is for me, leaving a legacy is what is the example that I'm leaving behind? Because that instills belief in those that are watching my life, not just the words that I'm telling. I think it's two parts, you know, and that's what you're just share, sharing is the fact of your your financial aspect of it is. Okay, I watched this happen in my family. Therefore, I believe this about financials. Or I watched this happen in my family about relationships. You put in whatever it is, but this is what I now believe, regardless of whether I was told or not told anything. Well, and then you and then you add in the things that you're told, right? When we go to the store and you want, you know, a toy or this thing, and your parents say, We can't afford that. And it sends a message about what you have or what you don't have rather than a parent saying we choose not to buy that because we're paying for these things. Right. And so the lesson you hear is different than what your parents are really wanting to communicate. Right. Exactly. Right. We've got to pay the, we've got to pay the mortgage and the water bill because those things are more important than you having this treat for, you know, (laughs) that'll last you an hour and a half. And, and, and yet it's easier, right? It's more convenient for us to just tell our children, we can't afford that. Right. But that sends a message that we're broke, that we don't have enough. Yeah. But the reality is something completely different. And we don't, some people don't ever learn that. So, well, yeah, I was going to say, it's like the difference between, and we talk about servant leadership quite a bit throughout our worlds and our different things. And the challenge with servant leadership is most people believe it to be you get whatever you want and you lay down and you're just like this rug mat. But the truth about servant leadership is fulfilling needs, not wants. Unfortunately, as parents, we come across and saying, well, that's like you just said, it's really black and white. But we're telling our children that it's a want, not a need. And so therefore, you're not going to get it. But in other words, we just say we can't afford it and not really teaching the whole concept of a need versus a want. You need to have the lights on. You need electricity. You need a roof over your head. You want that toy. You want that snack. That's a difference, you know, and and just being able to start to explain that again, going back to legacy, that's part of the teaching aspect of it and the example part of it, but rather than just coming out straight up and saying black and white. Well, and it's even interesting, like my dad was very good with money. He had a budget. He, he, he handled his money very well, but we never talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so I learned I learned some pieces from watching his example, but there's pieces that I just completely missed, you know, like the value of insurance and the value of, of you know, the savings and, and how much he was giving. And, and I think one of the things that, that I wanted my podcast to, to be able to do is, you know, be the voice for those things that we tell people, don't talk about politics, money, or religion, and, and, yeah. or, or sex and and yet those are some of the things that especially in marriages you need to talk about all of those things 
And so we, we say don't talk about these things, yet they're the most important things to be talked about. And I think money is one of those elements that people just don't talk about. And yet we should be talking about it a lot more. Oh, man, 100%. So I, I look at it this way, and I, I always, uh, I've always been a teacher. And I feel like the hardest thing to do is to take what you just said, which are the concepts, the theories, the strategies that we govern our life off of and make them practically apply to our daily lives. (laughs) And we have this gap between these two of being able to say, okay, we have a theory, we have a strategy, we have a principle, but now how does that theory slash whatever you want to call it apply to my daily life? So whether it's a scriptural principle, a moral principle, a financial principle, whatever that is, now you have to figure out, okay, how is this actually going to apply to my life? And I think that's where we've missed it in the leaving the legacy and creating what you call the roadmap. I, I, I call it building blocks because I'm a Lego guy. I mean, like I've got a lot of background in it, but, but the, the impact really comes from being able to lay out the framework and then allow each, people, each person's personality, their skills, their talents, their passions, the opportunities to kind of fill in those little gaps and then, and then really bridge that gap between strategy, theory, and application. Well, I mean, absolutely. And, and you and I both talked a little bit about Bible and, and getting, you know, I have a degree in Bible and you went to Bible college as well. And, and, and yeah, we get all these theories and ideas from, from the Bible, but the gap is, you know, how do people apply those to their lives? How do they learn how this, this truth from thousands of years ago applies to you know, waking up every day, going to our job, taking care of our family, and, and just really being able to, to live those things out. And that's a challenge in teaching. Um, it's certainly a challenge in parenting. Um, I mean, I think one of the things that was most important to my wife and I was, was A, that we show love in, in, in no outrageous ways, just ways, always, that our home was a safe space for our kids. They could blow it here and always be lost. Right? Yeah. And when the world and when the world blows up around them, they would always have a safe space to come back to. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I think you know now that my kids are adults and we're still friends, that I can say you know we did okay. We we survived parenting. Um, but the biggest lesson that I wanted to show my children was was to love their mom. And yeah. And I think both my children have gotten pretty decent starts with their relationships because the expectation was always parenting is a a short-term obligation, right? It's a temporary assignment. Marriage was a permanent assignment, a commitment for life. And so my kids would get frustrated with their mom first. But their mom is first in my hierarchy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I love what you just said there because you were like uh, unconditional love, but yet you had boundaries. You know, too often we forget that an unconditional love is truly being able to set boundaries around that. And then the other aspect of, like you just said, I mean, the world could blow up. So there are consequences for our action, but that doesn't mean I don't love you. Right. And so it's been difficult in my own life talking to my now adult children as well is, okay, you messed up. I love you and it's separate, but you done messed up and there are going to be consequences because you done messed up. And um, it, it's just, it, 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 
I guess it, as a parent, you look at that and you're like, dude, I wish I could just protect you from everything. But then they don't learn. And then I look at my own life and I think the greatest lessons I've ever learned have been in the most traumatic and painful experiences. And I've grown Absolutely. up the fastest in those. And so we do a disservice to our kids if we are loving and protecting to us an extreme where they don't feel the consequences for their actions. Well, and, and our culture loves to take away consequences. We, we 100%. Not, you know, I mean, we can go down the, the whole road of, you know, the, the, you name it. We'll be right back after this short break. Do you need an increase in revenue? We help business owners find 100K in 90 days and create a roadmap for implementation. There's no pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit ownitcall.com and select a time that works for you. It's time for you to focus on doubling the 20% that creates 80% of your revenue. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. Simplest example is, you know, abortion, right? We talk about abortion and we're so focused on the women's rights and baby's rights and and, and no one's ever talking about cause. We all know mm-hmm. the cause of this. But this is a consequence of, of that cause. Of call, yeah. and, and cause nobody, and effect. Nobody, none of the none of the conversation deals with the cause, and we want to eliminate the consequence. And and it's a it's a terrible policy. You can't you can't make policies about consequences. Yeah. And so the same thing happens with our children when they when they mess up. They've got to face the consequences. The difference is with that unconditional love. I promise my children will not face that consequence alone. No matter what yeah. mistake we made, no matter how bad it is, we're going to walk through it together. And, yep. and I think that's the real that's the strength that I can provide in that loving relationship. Man, yeah. That was a stupid choice, and and both of my kids made some stupid choices. I made stupid choices, and. And as a dad, I reacted poorly initially, like, what on earth? How on earth did you make that choice? And then I was able to stop and say, look, I'm sorry. I freaked out. I had no idea that this could be a possibility in your world. And now let's deal with it. So now we're going to deal with it together. And so I apologize for my reaction because it was poor. Like I did it. I did you a disservice, but I love you and I've got your back and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to figure it out. Yep. Yep. One step at a time. And, uh, and, and it works. I mean, I think freedom, our culture has created this definition of freedom. That's just completely really hedonistic, right? And this idea that freedom without boundaries is truly freedom and it's not, it's anarchy and freedom requires boundaries. Freedom requires limitations because our body was created with limitations. Our lives were created with limitations. And when we live our lives within those limitations, we find more freedom, not less. Yeah. God puts those boundaries on our lives for our own good. And as a parent, you have to do the same with your children. When you do that, when you discipline them and you guide them and you have this pathway that you're trying to keep them somehow bouncing in the middle of, that they get better results. And we as adults, business owners, have the same issue when you create good boundaries for your business, right? You know your values, you know the things that are important to you. You can run a better business within those boundaries than you can with this whole free for all idea. Yeah. <laughs> what direction do you want to go? Because I have like 15 thoughts going 
going on in my brain right now, to be honest with you. And I'm like, where do you want to go? <laughs> let's let's talk about foundation, right? Let's talk about that that idea of a business okay. built on values and so I think that's the first concept that we all skip, because as soon as we start talking about values, mission, vision, everybody rolls their eyes and they're always like, well, that's just flu flu type work. That's all stuff that I don't really need to focus on. I need to focus on systems, organization and job descriptions. I got to focus on checklists and scoreboards and scorecards. That is easy compared to the ability to be able to actually create a business that has foundational values with structure that's going to build a healthy culture. Now, once you have that component down, uh, so let me let me back up here. I, I, there's there's five building blocks that I have for leadership that I talk about all the time. The first one is you have to learn how to lead yourself. That's personal development. The second one is learning to lead as a manager. That's things, not people. The third one is leading followers. Number four is leading leaders. And then number five is leading as a mentor through experiences. Okay, so when we talk about system, structure, organization, that's in step two. If we go back to step one, where we're learning about ourselves and personal development, that's the actual key of being able to start the foundation of value. So you start a value in your own life that has crossover because whatever you do personally is going to also play out in your business world. There's no there's no this. It's nothing personal, just business that that doesn't exist. That never has. It's just a, a false narrative. So the values that you establish for your life are going to be very similar to the values that you have for inside of your business. So that's step one. Step two, then, is systems and organization. Step three is learning how to be a good leader of followers and then getting them to, A, understand what the values are. So once they understand it and then they know it, then they can understand why they're so key. Once they understand why they're so key, now they can actually believe in the values and the formation and the mission of the organization. And when they finally believe, now you have a committed employee instead of just a compliant, lackadaisical employee. It is that process and that key, foundations create belief, and there's a couple steps in between, but foundations create belief, which creates commitment from the employees. So if you don't start there, I don't care what your organization looks like. I don't care what system you're running. I don't care any of that kind of stuff, it's going to go from bad to worse. And I have watched literally hundreds of businesses, business owners implode because they don't have the structure of the values, the personal development, and they build multi-million dollar businesses. And then it, it just falls apart. Either their family, I, I can I can tell you like literally hundreds of people that have just gone off the deep end. I don't know what else to say except for that. You've well, got just, to have not just, that value. Not just gone off the deep end, but but the struggles for companies right now in this in this current economy to hire people and then they hire people based on a skill set, right? Oh, they can just do the job, but but we need to be hiring people based on our values, right? Scripture talks about being not being unequally yoked, and people take that as marriage, and it's really it's really about who you're doing business with, who are you working with, who are you partnering with, right. do they have the same values? If you hire somebody based on those values, if you work down in that lead yourself department, you will get people that are going to have a higher level of loyalty. And, and and they're committed they're to the committed same, to the value, same value, value, which allows you allows to give them more trust. More trust which <laughs> allows oh, there's so many things. And I can hear trust. it right now. I, I can hear it right now because I've heard it so many times. But Tim, you don't understand. I need <laughs> to hire people now. 
But but Robert, you don't understand. I don't have anybody. I need to get this work done. And you know, I look at it, and it's it's what Stephen Covey has said in in his Seven Habits. It's the ability to be proactive rather than reactive. If you want to stay reactive the rest of your life and have that revolving door of employees that are going in and out and in and out, then you're going to continue down the same path that you're going. It's the, it's the definition of insanity to keep doing the exact same thing that you're doing and not start making a change. Now, does this change happen overnight? Absolutely not. Sometimes it takes two, three, four years to start to establish. However, the result at the end of the day, I. I had one individual that I was coaching and his lead admin secretary lost both her husband and her son within the same month. Ouch. That impacted the business in a huge way. Now, they have choices. Fortunately for these th this pair of owners, they had chosen to create a healthy culture. So the culture of the organization came around and supported her. And wanted to be able to say, okay, do you need a time off? Take the time off. Do you want to be? She chose to come back and work because she felt more supported at work than she did outside of work. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of impact that you can have when you live by the values you create and hire off of your culture. Because now people want to be there, especially when they're going through the chaos that happens in our life. Now, that's an extreme scenario, extreme situation. But that's the potential that you can create by I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like like that, that's the potential that you can actually have when you're working and and hiring based off your values. Now you may not know how to do that. That's why you call one of us. You, you you say, hey, how do I do this? Because I come at it from the perspective of I use Lego and I use serious play to be able to show you the weaknesses or the gaps in your culture and how to create the healthy culture and how to develop your team through play. It's a lot of fun, but but that's my approach. And that may not work for you. It may work for you. And then Robert, I'm sure you've got a different approach as you talk to people and there's different people out there. So find somebody that resonates, but find somebody, you know, find somebody. So that's let's talk fun. about the power of play. Obviously, <laughs> obviously business owners can get so caught up in yeah. the seriousness of business. Right. And and play and fun gets gets lost. I'm I'm a huge advocate of fun. We had a, a Lego room in our house and and play was plays in it. I mean, I I always said school was overrated. So I'd much rather pull my kids out of school and spend a week in Africa than, you know, and they missed a week of school and the school was like, well, why did you, your kids get sick all the time? I'm like, no, we just don't care. <laughs> Life experience is far more valuable than than sitting in this classroom and repeating back history lessons. So I would say this, first of all, why? Why is play so critical to a business development? And I will tell you this because I've watched it happen. I can learn more about your business organization, the culture and the people in a two-hour play session than you can tell me after five years of being with the same people. It is an unbelievable, and until you experience it, it's really unbelievable the way that you that things come out when you're in the middle of a competition or in you're in the middle of a, a play workshop scenario. To the point, and I'll give just give you a couple of examples. I had one situation. We broke the teams up, and there was three people on a team, and we the competition was going on. They were trying to do this thing. Two of the three, two of them got up and walked away from the table because they couldn't handle the stress and they couldn't handle the communication and they couldn't. And without that, now, fast forward, 
I found out that those two individuals have now left the, the company. They are no longer with the company. And so we knew right then and there, again, to our session, I knew that those two individuals did not fit the values, the culture that was being developed within the company in a two hour session after they had been there for a year or two. So what I'm telling you is it's the hyper focus. I can tell how well your team communicates. I can tell you who the natural born leaders are. I can tell you the subculture. And I would say it's almost the unconscious culture. And sometimes it's a competition that happens where you don't have collaboration across the different channels or across the different or, uh, the projects. There's just so many things that I could tell you about your organization in two hours of a serious play that if you don't do something about this, I guarantee you that person's going to leave in 30 days. If you don't identify this personality, he's going to destroy your company. He's going to just take over and do everything. Like I, in my mind, when I say those, I specifically think of individuals that I have worked with that I can go back and debrief with the owner, with the leader and say, this is what I see. And they're like, oh my goodness, I never saw that before. Yes, you are right. That makes so much more sense now because of what they did here, here, and here. And now we can actually align it and we can adjust. And now we can create a better environment. We can save that individual. We can work through. I mean, there's so many things. Sorry, I, I, this is just my passion. I love it. <laughs> so, so ask me another question, let's take, man. <laughs> let, let, let's take it. Like, let's take it back even one one other step about just a business that that encourages a culture of fun, right? Not 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 water cooler, you know, uh, sarcasm, but but real yep. fun and yep. and has that that element of well, we're open to playfulness and and. We want to do play as team building and learn about each other too, but but just an openness to 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 play, even for a family. Even if we talked about a family unit, yes, into the power of play and just doing things for fun. Okay, so you said it right there. It's doing things. So here's why this is so powerful and why play is so important. Shared experiences create trust. Without shared experiences, you don't know each other. You don't understand each other. You don't see each other's uniqueness in the skills and the talents and the personality. So by creating fun, real, realistically, what you're doing is creating a shared experience. And I don't care if you're putting Lego together, if you're going bowling, uh, if you're doing, the point is, is you have to be together and you have to create a shared experience. Uh, now, corporations have been doing this for a long time. Families should be doing this and they did in the past. But what type of experience are you creating for your organization or for your family? It's because, again, it comes down to those shared experiences create the trust. When you're going through the chaos of life, you can trust each other to have your back. You can trust each other to have and understand what's going on. Yeah, that's so powerful, Tim. And, and, and so, I mean, ultimately helpful, right? But, but how, does a company, how does a company get started? I mean, obviously hire you. But <laughs> what's what's a step a company can take to to inject some shared experiences? Plan them. I think that's the very, very first step. I mean, like, honestly, I would rather see a company do an imperfect plan and just say, look, we're going to try a couple of things here and start just falling flat on your face. And like, that was a bad experience. We're never going to do that again. But you got to start somewhere. You got to plan one at least. And you got to start there. And if you start there, then you're going to start to figure out oh yeah, this was a great experience. This was a bad experience. Let's do this one again. Let's not do this one again. And you got to kind of be in touch with your employees or your family to be able to say, okay, yeah, we love, 
we love going ice skating. We hate going ice fishing. I, I don't know. I mean, like I'm just different areas have different things, right? So what is it that you can, you mentioned earlier, you're a NASCAR fan. What's an experience that you can do and develop in and around for your family around a NASCAR thing? Because that's a shared passion and you have opportunity. So do that. I mean, just do what is there and, and start. I mean, by golly, just start. <laughs> yeah. Um, love that. So typically we end every episode with a guest sharing their words of wisdom for the entrepreneurial entrepreneurs listening. Sam, what would you share? Oh man, you're giving me so much pressure on this one. I, I would actually kind of look at it in this way. First of all, make sure that you know that you have the passion, the skills, and the opportunity to do what it is that you're doing. Too often we just focus on the passion. We don't focus on the fact that you have the skills and the talent, and then frankly, the opportunity to be able to accomplish that. And then at the end of the day, it really comes down to making sure that you're developing yourself, you're developing your skills as a manager, you're developing your skills as a leader and followers. Put it in a framework, put a plan together, because if you don't put a plan together, it's never going to happen. That's fantastic, Tim. Tim, thanks so much for joining me today. This has been fantastic. You and I could probably talk for hours, and I look forward to future conversations. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning into this episode, brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action. These aren't just buzzwords, they're qualities that can help you take control of your life and build a successful six or seven figure business. To support you on this journey, we're offering one of our most popular books, Fish Out Leads In, 52 Fresh Ideas for Lead Generation. You can download it free at enjoybizlife.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing, and leaving a review. But most importantly, share it with someone who needs to hear it. In our next episode, Robert and Cameron McGregor talk about leadership, how sports leadership prepared him for entrepreneurship, the challenges of working with partners, and now working for his dad. Camden shares how rugby influenced his relationship with his father and how he influences others as a rugby coach.